Content presented on the following podcast is for information purposes only. The views and opinion expressed from host and caregivers are solely given based on the experiences of the individuals involved. Because each person is so unique, always consult your physician, physical or occupational therapist, or medical and fitness advice. Are you struggling to help your aging parents or disabled spouse to do everyday personal care tasks? Are you concerned about them falling or you injuring yourself? What is the task that is so difficult for you to help them to do? You are not alone. We can help. Finding a Foothold is a weekly podcast show that invites you to call in and tell us your challenge. Here, you can receive practical tips and strategies from an occupational therapist. And here is your host, Consuela Marshall. Good afternoon, this is Consuela and this is Finding a Foothold and this is made available for caregivers who have questions. Questions of how to deal with little issues that come up during the middle of the day, during the middle of caregiving, and just in the middle of the caregiving journey. And these questions, these challenges get them stumped and they, it can leave them feeling uh, defeated. Wondering if they can do what they're, that they feel in their heart that they should be doing for their loved ones. And unfortunately, some give up. They just throw in the towel because they think things are just so hard. And you know, caregiving is hard. I and mean, it comes with so many challenges. But also, there's a lot of solutions. A lot of solutions to those uh, questions that can just simplify the day. And so here at Finding the Foothold, I'm Consuela. I'm an occupational therapist. And I've done it for 27 years, you all. So that's been a long time of me uh, working with clients, working with patients, going in and out of homes, providing care to patients, and teaching their loved ones how to be able to care for them. So I have estimated I have been in over oh, thousands of homes. It's where I get up every day, I look at my schedule, get in my car, and I'm driving out to the home of caregivers who are caring for spouses who've had strokes, that have been diagnosed with Parkinson's, moms or dads of children who are now in the role of being the primary caregiver to the, one that's, that, the ones that have raised them all of their lives and who are no longer able to care for themselves. So mom and dad are, getting, are out of the hospital and suddenly are now forced to be home for a while and care for loved ones. One of the desires in my heart is just to make the load easier because I've been there. Uh, look, I'm telling you about experiences that I've had in going into the homes of patients, but I've had my own share of, uh, of struggles, even as a therapist. I knew the ins and outs of how to get them in and out of bed, those, those transfers that setting up the house so that things can go well with their loved ones. But I had struggles too when I cared for my mom because that emotional side of caregiving and learning to set boundaries and learning to follow that thing in your head that says, you know, I shouldn't do that. And you do it anyway and you get an injury or something. I had to learn things the hard way as a caregiver. Things that I didn't get taught in school. Things that I had to learn from doing things the wrong way, the hard way in my personal life. And just seeing it day in and day out as a therapist going into homes seeing people live out those same concerns. So my desire is to reach out and provide a platform for caregivers to get answers. 
And I know that there are many caregivers who can't afford coaches, can't afford to spend money to do things. So I, I always have wanted to make a platform that had different layers. One that where I can just come and just be able to provide a simple, quick thing that a caregiver can walk away and say, I'm going to try that. And I'm going to use that. I'm going to factor that into how I'm caring for mom and make the situation for my life better. I've always wanted to do that. And then I discovered Instagram and I love it. And I love the podcast that I've set up where caregivers get to call in and leave a question. And that is the question that I'm going to present today. Is someone called into the Finding a Foothold uh, call-in line and left a question? So if you're wondering how to get to that button where you can leave a question for me to answer on a uh, subsequent podcast, visit the website, findingafoothold.com. If you go to my bio, is in the link tree. And once you get to the website on every page, it says a call button. It's on every page. Push the call button and you'll get an option to leave a voicemail. I get those voicemails. I listen to them and then I start thinking through my experience as a therapist and as an, a caregiver to my mom and to an aunt who, has, who had Alzheimer's. And I come back with answers, suggestions, insight that you can factor into your situation that can make you better informed so you don't make all the same mistakes that I've made and things that can make your caregiving journey easier. So before I jump right into the question, I got one more thing. I have an announcement. Today I released my first ebook. It's, it's a 23 page, uh, it's actually like a little workbook journal where you get to write down on, use the Kindle app to just put your thoughts down about what's going wrong with your caregiving story. What's the challenges? What are the things that have you tripped up? So I wanna invite you to go to my post today and you'll see about the guidebook. It is a guidebook to help you to develop a successful way to, to provide care to your loved one. And that link to the website to Amazon is all located there. And you all, it's a whopping 99 cent, a whole less than a dollar. So if you can do that, I would encourage you to please purchase that. And give if you don't need to give it to someone who needs a little guidance on how to get the process started of not just complaining about what's wrong with their caregiving story, but start putting down into writing what specifically is the problem that you're having. And that allows you to move away from just complaining about it. Because you know what? If you're just going to complain about it, that's you're only going to be good at complaining about it. But if you really want your caregiving story to change, I want to challenge you to really think about what is not working right for you. And then it's only then that you can start thinking about what would I like to see different about that? Wow, I, I, I want to find a way to work on that problem. So that guidebook would help you with that. And I, I just want to encourage you to get it. I will appreciate it. And your 99 cents will go to uh, a good cause. Thank you so much for that. So now I'm going to jump right into the question today. And I want to thank you, who are all of you all who have jumped on and are here today with me. I, I really appreciate it. This is probably week four and I'm getting more comfortable with this and I'm enjoying it that I am able to reach so much, so many people and get some positive feedback. So the question today, so we're now into the, the nitty gritty of why, what question I want to address today. And this, this question came in from a caller 
who said that uh, her dad was in the hospital. He had some prostate problems and had a bladder infection. And she indicated that he was in the hospital. I had a lot of confusion. Came home confused, not knowing where he was when he first got back home. Really weak. So daughter took off a week from work and she's been there with dad, just helping him, helping him through this recovery phase. Has anybody been through that? I know I have. I mean, that one, that question resonated with me, with my mom and her recurrent bladder infections and that confusion that goes with that. So she wanted to know, she's sensing that she needs to go back to work, but she's afraid. She doesn't know. She wants to know if dad is safe to leave at home. So I'm going to be really three points here that I want to make today. Now I can go in depth on these, but the, there are three things I want you to consider. Number one is what are their limitations? So when you're looking at the limitations of your loved one, and I'll just use her dad for the example, what she needs to look at is what are his physical abilities? Does he have the strength to get up? Is he bed bound or can he get out of bed? Can he move around? You want to look at what are the strengths? What can they, what parts of their body do they have strength in to move to do things with? Because that's, that's the important thing because if you're going to leave somebody to go back to work, I'm going to assume you're going to be working eight hours and we're going to tack on another hour and a half for getting to and from work. So you're going to be gone uh, nine, nine to nine and a half hours. So you want to know, well, what can they do for themselves? You want to look at what is their strength. Do they have strength in their trunk? Do they have strength in their legs? Do they have strength in their arms? Uh, you want to look overall, what is their strength level? Two, you want to look at their balance. What is their balance like? If they are up and mobile, can they keep their weight over their feet? Are they tripping? Are they holding on to things and all? Are there like these, what we call near falls, where you're looking and they're all over the place? So you want to take a note of that. And another thing, their sensory system. I mean, you want to look at how strong they are, their balance. Do you want to know, can they see? Can, are they safe enough to be home? Do they have the vision to know how to get to things, how to reach things that they're going to need to access while you are gone? And another thing, cognition. How are they in their cognition? Can you trust them to do the right thing when you're, when you're at work? Do they have the cognitive ability to know when to do things, when not to do things. Do they know what things are safe to do? Do they know how to reach out for help when something's not right? All of those things need to be factored in is that what are the characteristics, the symptoms, the things that you are looking at in the physical state of them, their, uh, sensory state, their mental state. You need to look at all of those things when you are trying to determine, can dad stay at home by himself? Can he do things? Can he think? Can he see? Can he hear? Can he hear if there's an intrusion coming? I mean, and not just in a, in a situation where someone had a bladder infection. This, can, this is across the board with any of our parents. How are they going to safely function when you're not there? So that's a big global thing, and I can break any all of that down into little steps, but you've got the point of what I'm, I'm saying physically. What are you seeing? What are you hearing? What do you know about them? Then number two, you want to look at the environment. Is your environment set up or can it be set up 
to compensate for whatever losses or things you saw in step one. So if mom can't walk, can she get in a wheelchair? And can she get in the wheelchair by herself? And is the environment where the wheelchair can go through the house? And is her balance safe that she can do all of that? So when you're thinking, can I go back to work? Oh my gosh, my employee is, I mean, look, we know about the laws and how many, how many days you can be off and all of the family leave act and all. But the thing is, in this day and age, people have to go back to work and sometimes employees can not give a reason why they don't want to employ you and never give you a reason why you're, you're no longer there. So you have to go back to work, but then you've got to say, I can't leave mom or dad here. But if you can safely compensate for the losses that we you identify in step number one, that is a clue that, hmm, maybe onto something. If dad can move, because let me tell you about the, the, the four systems that you've got to be able to make sure they can do when you leave. Number one, they got to be able to feed themselves. Can you set up the environment? Do they have the cognition? Do they have the motor skills to do those things so that you can go to work? Can dad feed himself? Can he get to the food? Can you set up the environment safely so you know dad, he can use me, get out of the bed, use the walker, go into the bathroom, I mean, go into the kitchen and go into the bathroom, whatever. That bathroom point is because of the second uh, system that we have to be mindful of is, well, the first one was, can they eat? Everybody has to eat. Number two, can they go to the bathroom? Gotta go to the bathroom. Can they take their medication properly? If they have a medication that cannot wait for nine hours for you to give it to them, or if they have blood sugar issues and what they eat for lunch is based on what their levels were when, when you did their, took their blood sugar levels before the meal, if they can't do any of that, you all, then you're setting yourself up to be in a whole lot of trouble. Number one, because it's not going to be good for their health. And it's not a safe situation. If dad can't hear, can you get him to hearing aids? If he can't see, well, you got to put some stuff real close and make sure he can feel and can, he can work in a short space. I have seen some situations where people have made it work, but they put in the work. They've done due diligence to say that their parents are safe. If you can set up the environment where you put it in grab bars, you put it in a bedside commode next to the bed, uh, you put in a grab bar on the wall next to the bed, you put a microwave in the room with the table. Look, there is a way to do things. And I've been in a lot of homes when I can tell a person has done the best they could, they could and I've given them suggestions. And I have said, look, you've got to do it this way. You've got to do it this way. There are things that you can do and put in place that will allow you to have a reason. No one can predict everything. Look, I have had everything in place for me and my with my mom when I would leave. My mom was was my mom didn't have cognitive issues, and that was that is really my expertise. And I know it's a lot about the ones that have the dementia and the Alzheimer's because I had an aunt too. But I'm not going to specifically say for those who have or are of the right mind, but choose not to do the right thing when you leave. That was my mom. I would say, mom, sit here. I'm going to the store. I'll be right back. She could have done it. She had a phone. In, but look, my mom wouldn't do it. Sure as I got up to do something, she was like, hmm, 
she's on the floor. So I had to keep changing the rules and upping the, the things so that I can make sure she was safe. And guess what? It became a point where I couldn't leave her at home because she was not going to abide by the rules. So let me go back to the, the first and second point so I can stay on task here. The first point is knowing what their limitations are. Second point, compensate for whatever limitation that you see. But like I said, there are some things you cannot compensate for. If mom has dementia, you cannot compensate for her being able to negotiate a day and remain safe in an environment when she cognitively cannot do it. And then number three, and I'm going to go back to, to I got to remind myself, I want to talk about remote monitoring. I got to remember that. Number three, because this is key. You've got to let them do it while you're there. There is a weaning process that will give you peace of mind and assurance to the best that you can do that they're going to be safe. You achieve this by allowing them to do things. Do not dress them, hold on to them every step of the way, pull their clothes up and down while they're on the toilet, go fix their food, chop it all up, do all of that, put their medicines out and just put it right there in the road for them and you're doing everything for them. And this is day six and you want to go back to, to work on day seven. Well, guess what? When you go back to day work on day seven, you're going to be worried to death because you're not going to know if mom can do it, if dad can do it, because you haven't given them the opportunity to do it. This is how I instruct my patients that I know when I get there on day one, got a new referral, I'm in the house and there's a nervous daughter right there. She doesn't know what to do. And mom is sitting right there. She's just got out of the hospital and they are really trying to figure out what to do. And the first thing I'm like, okay, I'm going through my assessments. Who, what were you doing before all of this happened? Cause I've got to get the pre-morbid what we call the pre-morbidity morbidity status on what was going on before and who was living here with you while you were doing it. And I'm finding out daughter lives on the other side of town. She took off work. Mom was here by herself. Mom was doing everything. So I'm getting this picture. Then I look at daughter and like, what is your long-term plans? And they, they want, if they said, I got to be back to work at the end of the week. I only took off uh, da, da, da. I'm like, okay, well then these are what our goals are going to be. I'm going to work with her. I'm going to look at all of her deficits. I'm looking at the balance. I'm looking at all of these things that I'm trying to do and I'm working mom and I'm pushing her and I'm giving her exercises and I'm telling daughter she needs to do these three times a day or twice a day or every day. And as I'm seeing improvement, I'm telling daughter, don't help her with this. Doesn't mean she can't be there. But the only way you're going to know if she's not going to fall on her head when she's pulling her underwear down is that you've got to watch her pull her underwear down, wear down while you're standing right there near her. I mean, it just sounds a little graphic and it may be too much information, but it's, it's the reality of life. Majority of the falls falling happen in the bathroom. So I teach daughter, don't do it. You better be in there with your hands out like you're trying to catch a ball, but you don't put your hands on her unless you need to. And allowing them to slowly get comfortable. And you know, it's not that mom can't do it. Mom's just, just afraid to do it because she doesn't want to fall again. She's not like, oh, help me, help me. I just want to be pampered. She's like, no, mom is scared to death because she's the one that hit the floor. 
She's the one that went into the hospital. She's the one that's taking pain medicine. And all of that has to be factored in your decision to leave. If she's on pain medicine, that can change her cognition too. I just want to throw that out there too. But if I'm sticking to the point of weaning yourself off, you want to allow them to do whatever it is that you're expecting them to do when you're gone. Don't have them cook a meal. If you like, you, you want to streamline things. You want to make things simple. Definitely package everything and make sure that things are right there. You just want to actually just be her eye, be eyes and ears for a whole couple of days. Where you're like, Ma, I'll go back to work in two days. I need you to, I need to know if you're going to be okay. Mom, I got to feel safe or I'm not, I'm going to lose my job. I got to, you know, you just like appeal to their emotion and help them get through some of these fears so that you can see what their true limitations are. And once you get a good idea of, mom, look, you're talking to sister or brother, like, look, I didn't help mom with nothing. Mom even in there doing this. I told her to be in the bathroom doing, get off the toilet and do this. And I came back in there and she's all in the bathroom doing this and that. That tells you she's better. That tells you she's stronger. But in the process of you trying to wean her off of you and you're looking at things and you see that it is just not happening fast enough that it's just not it's just not happening and you know if you you're catching her she's losing her balance she can't remember to do things that she normally remember to do and it might be because of pain medicine it may just be anesthesia because she had a she was she had a surgery but that becomes the uh, benchmark of where your decision starts about what to do when you leave if you are to go back to work if you are seeing that they cannot meet those needs, even when you have put things in place, you've got the pain pill, you gave them one pill to take at lunchtime, you put it next to their food, or you told them like, oh, mom, get your medicine, I mean, get everything you're going to need for lunch. I can't tell you anything. Are they remembering? And, you know, they'll often say, oh, I was about to say that. I was about to do that. That's, a, that's one of those quick cover-up things. If they were about to do it yesterday and you had to remind them and then they were about to do it again today and you still reminded them, then they are really not remembering. So then you need to look at hiring someone to come in and assist. And the level of assistance that you want to hire to help, it really depends on who you can find. You know, and sometimes it's grandchildren, you know, Family members, if it's that you need somebody to come there in the morning meds and helping her get out of bed, then maybe hire somebody to be there two hours in the day. In the day, they can get her dressed, get her breakfast done, cook something for lunch, put that in the uh, refrigerator, get everything set. So all mom needs to do is the stuff after that. She can heat up the lunch and she's already been changed and just going to the bathroom and those simple things. They've already given her morning meds. You want to, you know, I'm all about saving money. See if there's somebody who can just come over and help out two hours. Or if they do real good in the morning and they just get tired and you notice that they get weaker in the afternoon, maybe you got somebody that can just come over and be with them. And one other thing I say, remote monitoring. You know, always, and I've got a client right now who watches everything that her mom does. And she can even talk to her through the camera because it has an audio piece to it where she actually reminds mom. Mom doesn't have any balance issues. 
mom is very, she's very mindful about what she should and shouldn't be doing, but mom doesn't always remember the little details. So daughter will call and just say, hey mom, and she'll hear her over the speaker. Hey mom, I'm just checking with you. Look, I need you to go in and make sure you take your blah, blah, blah. And mom can't see her, but she can see mom. And she sort of reminded my mom, no, it's right there. I remember I put it next to your clock and she's sort of telling mom what to do and mom's doing it. Now, those are the kind of things you can do when you don't have like issues with falling, but you just have issues with, they just need a little bit of cueing and reminders to remember certain things. Anybody resonated with anything I just said? I mean, there comes a time when you're gonna, everything that I explained today is a starting point. And I, I progressed through every stage of that. Oh, I progressed from my mom being in her own home. Till like, no, that is not working. If I hear another fall about her on the floor, and I, I, I'm there, no. And then she moved in with me, and then she just fought for her independence and fell on the floor here, and just all of that. We had to just keep going through the process of making her safe till eventually I had full-time caregiver. During the day, I'm like, can't deal with it. I'm too stressed. Okay, well, look, I enjoyed it. Thank you all. I hope you got some tips that you can use. And to the caller who called this call in, um, so glad you brought up a topic that it, it, it is resonating with a lot of people. And I, I thank you for it. And I hope you can find this useful. And if you just need more one-on-one, -on -one, the more I know about specifics as a coach, uh, and as a consultant, this is what I do. This is what I've done for 27 years. I can say it went to another level of understanding when I put my mom in the equation. LSU didn't have anything. LSU Medical Center had nothing on what my mom taught. That school of hard knocks, icing on the cake to my learning. So I want to pass all of that on to you all. So thank you all again. Take care. Have a good day.